am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he, he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house, and he sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There's a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose he that to whom he forgiveth most. And he said, answered, and he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and he said, Unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I've entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou have givest me no kiss. But this woman, since that time I came, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head, uh, my head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith have saved thee. Go in peace. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit. Touch, Lord, and move, dear God, upon this place today. Help us, dear Lord, as we delve into your word. And God, we're going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Praise God. In this room that day walked a very unhappy woman who knew that she was lost for eternity. Walking out of this room just a little while later walked a woman whom Jesus himself, praise God, said, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. She came in with troubles, and she walked out with peace. But there was a Pharisee by the name of Simon, praise God. When he looked at this woman, he only saw her as a sinner. That's all he saw her as, praise God. He did not see her 
as a person with struggles that had things that they were struggling with. All he saw her was that she was a sinner and that Jesus would let a sinner touch him and that Jesus would let a a woman like this come around him and that Jesus would let, praise God, this woman be in his presence. That's all he saw. You know, I wonder why it is that we think that God needs to judge wrongdoers. The only problem is we think that God needs to judge wrongdoers that are doing more wrong than we are. Did you ever think about that? Oh, God really needs to judge them. God needs, how many believe God needs to have judgment? But God needs to have judgment with people that are more wrong than I. Praise God. We, we think that. Praise God. Without saying a word, this Pharisee in his mind could not believe once again that Jesus was going to deal with this kind of a woman. But you see, Jesus knows the heart of everybody. We are more interested in what's on the outside, but Jesus sees what's on the inside. Jesus knows that Simon, praise God, is discrediting him as a prophet because He's having a relationship with this woman. And if Jesus would know what kind of woman this was, he would not have a relationship with her. And so Simon discredits her or discredits him. I wonder how many times we look at our lives or we look at the lives of others that are around us. And just because we don't understand what God is doing, or maybe we think we do. Oh, I know what God's doing in their life. God is, God's doing this. God caused that to happen to that person because God wants, God's doing this in their life, and God is doing that in their life. And, 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 and you know, I've said it before, and it's really good, and I keep saying it because I think we all need to get it imprinted in our minds. How come when if something happens to someone else, you think, oh, God's really coming after them. But then when something happens in our life, we say, oh, the devil's really fighting me. Praise God. This Pharisee's like, you know, that person, amen, if Jesus would have known. That Pharisee thought that he knew what God was doing in that Pharisee's life. He, he, he thought, God, you don't know what you're doing. And, you know, we all struggle with that. Sometimes, you know, when things happen, we think, God, do you really know what you're doing? Or we'll think, God is trying to, hey, man, uh, uh, God is mad at me for something I did. Or God is mad at me for something, you know, that we didn't do. And so this is why this is coming upon us. And, and all of a sudden... We get this narrowed vision. It's like looking through a straw. And all we see is what's through the straw instead of the broad view thing. That's all he saw. That's all this Pharisee saw was just like through a straw. This woman is a bad woman. And so Jesus shouldn't have anything to do with her. Praise God. And so he looked like through a straw. And we've got to be careful because we don't see everything. 
And when you come up with a deduction of what you think it is, all of a sudden you see less. You know what? That was really good. Thank you, Lord. You know, we don't see everything. And then when we come up with what we think it is, we see less. Because that's all we see. This Pharisee, all he could see was that Jesus was touching a woman that was not a good woman. I don't know if she was a prostitute. I don't know if she was a thief. I don't know what she was. But I know one thing. She is a hungry soul that can live for God and love God and do well. Amen. And she's got her struggles. She's got her family. Praise God. She's got maybe children. She's got sisters. She's got brothers. She's got a husband. Or maybe had a husband. She has all these things. She is a person. But all Simon sees is she's a sinner. Let me just say this. Don't let what people think and what people say affect you. I've often said, praise God, people have opinions all the time. And sometimes those opinions are only worth what it costs you. And most of those opinions are free, so forget how important they are. But this man, if he could have, he would have drove her from his home. Jesus looked at Simon. See, Simon didn't say a word, but Jesus knew his heart. And it's a good thing he did because we can learn a lot from this man's mistakes. Jesus said to Simon, he said, and he answered unto Simon, he said, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And Simon looked at him and said, Master, say on. So what he said to him was, you have complete control of the room. Say what you want. Whatever you want to say. And that's the best way to come to Jesus. Even though, even when he tells us things we don't want to hear. It's always good to say, okay, Lord, say on. That's the good part of Simon. Simon's like, okay, Lord, you know, I might. And you know what? It's all right to go to God and be angry. I've gone to God to be angry. Uh, When things have happened, I've said, Lord, okay, what are you doing? Praise the Lord. And, and, and here's another good one. Every, everybody hear this. Now, for those of you that don't know me too well, this is when I come out when I really feel like this is something that needs attention. Everybody in life has their goods and their bads. If we don't watch, the bad things in our lives will get to us to the point to where we think our life is bad. And what you have, we've all got our problems. You can tell me your name, and no matter how hard I try, three minutes later, I forget it. I looked at my grandchild one day, and I said, oh, man, great. By the time you get to the place to, to, for me to really, for you to know that I know your name, it's going to probably take me that long. It's just a, 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 a glitch I have. I don't know why I got it. Now, that could really be the worst thing in the world. And I could say to God, if I just didn't have this, Lord, I could just. Everybody's got the bad side and the good side. Amen. Be grateful for what the package God has given you and move on. Do best with what you got. 
I told someone one time, I said, I'm very good at getting out of situations. You know why? Because I'm very good at getting in them. But be happy with the life God has given you. And the situations you have, because we all got problems. We look over and we think, oh, if I just, God, if you just didn't bring that into my life, I would be happy with you. Well, if he wouldn't have, there would have been something else in your life that you wouldn't have been happy with. You've got to be happy with where God has put you. And move on. Amen. And so, amen, this, this, this Pharisee looked at Jesus and he said, Master, and when we struggle, that's fine to struggle. You can struggle. That's fine to be in question. Kids are in question with their parents and their parents need to love them. And, you know, it's cute. When my first son come along, he questioned everything I did. Everything I did. I finally stopped the truck one day and I said, do you watch everything I do? And it never was right. And it was so fun when I finally said to him, okay, if that's not the right way to do it, what's the right way to do it? Oh, I don't know. So when the second son come along, I said, hmm, nope. You ain't going to bother me. Your brother put me through boot camp on this one. I already know about this deal. But it's the same way with God's children. We're constantly saying, you ain't doing it right, God. I don't like this, God, and so I'm going to question it. And there's, there's really, to a degree, nothing wrong with that, as long as you're reverent with God. And you can, this, man, this, man, this, this Simon... He, he said, okay, master. He called him master. He said, okay, master. You're in control. You don't give somebody control that you don't trust, right? Okay, master. You're in control. And so the Lord looked at him and he said, I've got somewhat to say unto thee, Simon. Amen. Master, say on. He said, a certain creditor, which had two debtors, the one owed him 500 pence. in today's money. And the other owed him 50, which was $7 in today's money. And when they had nothing to pay, they could not pay. He frankly forgave them both. Tell me now, which one of them will love him the most? You see, they could not pay, whether it be 7 or whether it be 69. They could not pay. Praise God. And so, amen. The word here, frankly, in the Greek, also can mean rescue. He rescued them. So when he said the Greek word unto him, it could have, it could, you know, the, the, people say, well, the Bible was not written in the King James Version in Jesus' day. That is correct. Our words are all different. But the word that means the same is in the King James Version. So we're good. The meaning is what is important, not so much the word. And so when you look at the Greek, it also could mean like rescue. He rescued him. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so he rescued him. 
No matter if it's $69 or it's $7, he just could not pay. Amen. You see, the difference between these two was neither one of them could pay. And the difference between everybody in life is none of us could pay. Whether it be a lot or whether it be little, they could not pay. Amen. Jesus said, I forgave them both. So what's the difference? He said, well, I think the one that really forgave the most would probably be the most grateful, right? So the Bible tells us in Romans 3 and 23, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So no matter how good we are or no matter how bad we are, the only thing that's going to make a difference is the things that we have to reap in this life. Because if you sow, you'll reap. But with God, amen, he forgave everyone the same. And no matter, it's like starting out in Florida and trying to swim to Cuba. If we all tried to swim to Cuba, some of us might get a little less than others. But none of us would really able to be swim to Cuba. Nobody can make themselves righteous unto God. Nobody can be perfect unto the Lord. And if a person could possibly be perfect, they'd still not be saved. Because the only way you can be saved is through the grace of Jesus Christ. And so, he all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need God. Amen. Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That's through Adam. We're all born in sin, shapen in iniquity. And death by sin. And so passed upon all men. For all have sinned. So every one of us has sinned, praise God. And every one of us needs God. No matter whether it be great or little. But here's the difference. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom... He forgave the most. That's a good answer, Simon. And he said unto him, Why hast thou, or I'm sorry, thou hast rightly judged. You see, Simon gave him the answer. I just suppose whoever gave the most. You see, Simon's still disconnected. Why is it that we're so disconnected with ourselves and our own situations? But I'm telling you what, we're really plugged into others. Simon said, I suppose you'd forgive. He still doesn't have an inkling of what Jesus is trying to say. I suppose he that gave the most. Jesus went on and he turned to the woman and said to Simon, seest thou this woman? And so Jesus is like, okay, I'm about ready to show you where you stand. Because Simon couldn't see any of this. He couldn't see where he didn't do any of this. So Jesus is saying, okay, the best way for me to do is to let you see. It's like when they brought the woman that was caught in adultery and they threw him before Jesus. Jesus said, okay, let's talk about your sins. We don't want to talk about our sins. We're unplugged from that. We want to talk about her sins. You see, and I best can live more profitably If I just put the radar on myself and say, I need to get this cleaned up. I need to get that cleaned up. But Jesus said, okay, we need to see what you're doing wrong. You think 
this woman has got so many problems, she's better than you in some areas. Praise God. He said to Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, which was a custom of their day. When you came into the house, you wore sandals. Your feet were hot. Have you ever wore sandals out in the heat? Especially with sand. Sand's hot. It kicks up on your feet. It can burn your feet. He said, I've, I've entered your house, and you've not even done the custom of having my feet washed. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But she's washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Can you imagine a woman weeping so hard that she had so many tears that would actually wash a person's feet? Now, I know one thing. I know that in their day, they have discovered that they had things called tear bottles. The wealthy would have a very pretty bottle. It was shaped with the funnel at the top. And any time someone would die, they would cry and put that tear in a bottle. And then they would put a cork on it so it would not evaporate. And anyone that would die, and on their mantle, it was their tear bottle. And when they died, they would bury it with them. It was their tear bottle. It was a sign of all their sorrows. I've got a tear bottle of my dad. I've got a tear bottle of my dog. I've got a tear bottle of my situation that I went through. I got a tear of my hurts. They're all in this bottle. The Bible says that the Lord saves our tears in the bottle. And tears are of a salty solution. And salt is a very purifying situation. So this woman not only washed his feet, but she also sanitized her, his feet with her tears. And he looks at Simon and he says, you think bad of her? She's done what you should have done. Praise God. He said, thou hast given me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I've came, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Praise God. Now, this is really, I think, the, the meat of the sandwich. This woman came in. She was the most sinful person in the place that we know of. And when she closes, when everything closes, she became the closest to Jesus. Praise God. Why? Why is it that she touched the heart? Don't you want to touch the heart of Jesus? I mean, we're all of different backgrounds. We're all of different situations. We're all of different situations. But basically... Isn't it that the reason that you go to church and love God and hear preaching and etc. is because you really want to be close to Jesus. You really want to have a relationship with him. I love my wife. I love my business. I love everything that I've got. But when a day is end, I really just want to be close to Jesus. But the reason that I believe this, this woman was close to Jesus was because she wanted to just love him and allow him to love her. Praise God. First John 4 and 8 says, He that loveth 
He that loveth not, loveth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4 and 16, same book, says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Praise God. Do you know what really needs to connect us to God is just the fact that every day I want to love him. I just want to love him. I want to worship him. I want to praise him. This woman came into this room and with all these people that were great people, all these people that were uh, dedicated people, all these people that were connected to Jesus, all these people that had done so less a sin than what she was doing. Amen. And she became more connected to him than they did because she loved him. I want to tell you something today. Amen. The way you live and what you do isn't what connects you to God. It's the fact if you love him. We look at people and we say, well, they don't live as good as I do. So they don't have the relationship with God I do. You better read this and really study it good. Because if they love God. The Bible said, if you love me, you what? You'll keep my commandments. The reason I live for God and walk with God and the reason I come to church and the reason I read my Bible and the reason that I pray is not because I have to. It's not because it's burnt in schedule. It's because I love him. You know, we can start to come to church because we love God and then we can end up not are coming to church just because it's a habit. It's a habit to go to church. As a pastor, I have to be careful, amen, that my role does not make me to the point that the only time I read the Bible is when I need to get a message. And the only time that I pray is when I need to do something for him. And before I know it, amen, I'm doing all this and I really don't have a personal relationship with him. You see, the reason that we, we need to understand that God wants a relationship with us is because we love him and he loves us. Yes. Praise God. This woman walked into this room and she was closer to Jesus than anyone else in the room. Why? Because she loved him. So if you want to have the attention of God, what you got to do is just go and talk to him and love him. It's not what you do. It's not what you say. It's not what your talents are. It's not what you do for him. It's not what you get noticed for in this life. But it's the fact that you loved him. And in the middle of all this, this woman walked into this room, praise God, as a sinner. She walked into this room, praise the Lord, as having a horrible life. She walked into this room as having an eternity based for hell. But because she opened up and she loved Jesus. God, she walked out of that room with a peace in her heart. A peace in her life. An eternity that was going to be great.
Praise the Lord. You see, twice in the book of Revelation, it says that God will wash away your tears. Praise God. God will take away those tears. Amen. Tears are, someone said one time, tears are a language that God understands. Praise God. They are a language that God understands. Amen. And so, amen, all you've got to do is just love him. That's all God wants you to do. Let's stand today. Praise God. Let's just take a moment and love him right now. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. Come on, let's just love him. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Praise the Lord. Let's just love him, everyone. Just love him right now. Dear Lord, I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, to move upon this place today. God, there may be something in our hearts, Lord. Amen. That keeps us from coming to you. I'm asking you, Lord, to move that right now. Move that from our hearts, dear God. Amen. So that we might, amen, come to you and open up our lives to you. Touch, Lord, and to move upon this place today. Let's feel your presence, God, and let us feel your spirit. Let the Holy Ghost come into this place today. Praise God. And to feel you like never before. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on today. Now that you know all God wants to do is love you. Praise God. You need to ignore what people have said. You need to ignore what people have done. You see, this woman alone probably didn't want to go into this home. She knew how that Pharisee felt about her. She went into a room of people who condemned her. People that would put her down. Maybe they'll grab her. Maybe they'll throw her out. All those things went through her mind. But there's one thing, praise God, amen, that she knew. And that was, I've got to love Jesus. And when you get to that point to where you feel that all I've got to do is love Jesus, praise God. There are people that have said to me, Brother White, but you don't know about this. And you don't know about that. And you don't know about that. Praise God. You've not gotten to the point to where you feel that all I've got to do is love Jesus. But do I have some people here today that can trash all that aside and say within their heart, all I want to do is love Jesus. Let's do that right now. Praise God. Come on, let's love Him. Yeah, hallelujah, come on. Music is great, I appreciate it, but I don't have to have music. Praise God. Amen. Come on. Let's pray right now. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, I love you. Start out with telling the Lord you love him. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't care about the Pharisees. I don't care about the world. I don't care about the situations that I'm in. I don't care, praise God, about what I'm struggling with. All I know is, God, that I love you. And I want to make Holy Ghost love unto you. Praise God. Praise God. Can we see? Lord, I give you my Come on. heart. I give you my soul. Lord, I live Oh, come on. Let's just love him right now. I'm going to open these altars. If you want to come down, that's fine. If you want to just love him where you are, that's fine. All you